today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. To begin with today, a story that caught my eye, and, and I wanted to get some clarification on this, and maybe even give you, I want to give you a chance to weigh in on this. We'll go to calls on this one in a couple of minutes if you want to jump into the queue right now at 905-645-3221 or star 9900. Uh, this is all about a hotline to report suspected waste here in the city of Hamilton. And uh, the city has launched this hotline to encourage people to report fraud and waste where they see it. Uh, it can be used by public employees, can be used by city employees. Uh, you will be totally anonymous, apparently. Uh, and the uh, upward cost about this, we're told, is about $30,000 a year for three years on this pilot project. Is this really necessary? I guess that's the question a lot of people are asking. Do we really need, a, well, what somebody referred to it as a snitch line? I want to get your thoughts on that in just a couple of minutes. You can jump onto the phones right now and hop on uh, on queue at 645-3221, star 9900. Email is bkelly at 900chml.com. And, of course, on Twitter, at CHML Bill Kelly. Uh, but before we go to your calls and your thoughts, I want to bring uh, Chad Collins into the conversation, the uh, city councilor for Ward 5 in the East End. Chad, thanks for the time. Good to have you with us today. Thanks for having me on, Bill. Your thoughts on this. Uh, this caught an awful lot of people off guard. And, and uh, the, the characterization that uh, one listener used was, was this is a snitch line. Do we really need one? Do we? Well, I think what we learned uh, through the report and through the presentation is that uh, it's very common these days for government agencies to have or provide this service. Two-thirds of uh, those across the country uh, of uh, similar size um, city municipality as Hamilton uh, already have these services in place for their municipalities. And so it's something we debated a number of years ago. Um, we had a, a good discussion around it, at least I did with our, our former auditor, and um, when Mr. Brown, Charles Brown, our new auditor, was uh, you know came under our employee, he suggested that uh, you know this was the route to go. That this seemed to be standard operating procedure for for government agencies, and so uh, very small cost associated with it. Bill, you mentioned uh, thirty thousand, but at the committee level, uh, Mr. Brown advised that we're now down to about seventeen thousand dollars with a third party vendor, and I, I think the bulk of the costs come with the investigations. And so if someone calls in um, and the investigation seems to have merit, uh, then it's up to our staff then to start digging and, and trying to find information to verify or not whatever's come through. And so the, the bulk of, of the resources, I would suspect, will, will come in the form of staff time in terms of uh, following up on these items. And and as we learned, other municipalities, as I mentioned, Toronto, Winnipeg, Ottawa, and others already have these in place, and they seem to be working. So this is a pilot program. We'll uh, we'll get quarterly updates, and at the end of three years, we'll determine whether or not this is a service we want to continue on a permanent basis. What are you essentially looking to find here? Is I mean, is this whole thing going to start up, or I has started up, I guess, Chad? Uh, mm-hmm. be- because there's a, a, a there's a feeling that there is a lot of waste going on, or a perceived feeling of waste. I mean, are, are, you, are you hearing from staff and from the public that says, hey, "Look, we we need to have some some form for us to, to express this." Well, I think we can point to incidents, not just here in Hamilton with with our municipality, but to not-for-profit sector. Uh, We we can look at the private sector in terms of where we've seen instances of uh, either fraud or or waste. And I I think this pilot project uh, will help us try to determine or engage the level of of what kind of problems we're looking at here locally. And so there's, you know, there's no shortage of these things that pop up in the newspaper. We hear them on the radio, you know, every week or two. Um, so a couple of them were mentioned at the committee by committee members when they were asking their questions. And so I, I think it's an open question, Bill, in terms of, you know, uh, you know, how big of a problem do we have here locally? We've, we've certainly had our own problems uh, with the municipality in the past. Uh, you know, I'm not going to start listing them out, but, our, you know, your listeners will, will know that we've had some very high-profile 
issues at the city as it relates to waste or as it relates to, um, you know, the funds um, um, that have been, um, you know, taken by an employee or employees. And so there, these things happen from time to time, and they happen in all industries. It's not unique to the city, and it's not unique to the public sector. And so I, I think Mr. Brown has brought forward a program that uh, will help us, again, try to understand and engage um, from the anonymous and confidential tips that come in to the, to the hotline or over, or over the web. Um, and it's available, um, as was mentioned, on the city's website. Uh, we have uh, postings in our public libraries and other buildings. And so it's not just for our employees who may be aware of these things. It's for the general public as well as vendors who may be doing business with the city who think that there may be an issue that needs to be investigated. I, I'm not going to start listing those things either, I, I, but mm-hmm. I, I don't want to start dredging up old old stories about that stuff. But in a lot of the cases that, that I can recall, anyway, off the top of my head, Chad, the audit department actually uncovered most of this stuff on their own. Uh, maybe not as in, in in you know in a speedy fashion, but I mean it was after the fact. It was being reactive as opposed to to, to proactive on situations like this. I, I guess the bigger concern. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say it's probably a combination of the two, Bill. You're right. In terms of uh, our audit department's been terrific over the last number of years in terms of uncovering, uh, you know, some an- anomalies or issues within the organization that need to be addressed, and they've been publicly exposed, and rightfully so. Uh, but we've also had from time to time tips come in from the general public who have noticed something, or, and our employees, I think, is probably the, the best route that we've seen, again, without listing or rhyming off those issues that we've dealt with over the last number of years. Many of those tips have come in from our employees or the public. And so this really formalizes that process, um, and, and, it, and it helps us through a third party try to address maybe more um, cases than we're accustomed to dealing with on an annual basis. So I, I just want to get clear on procedure here. You mentioned this third party, this uh, this company that's going to be involved in this. Uh, Whistleblower Security Incorporated is apparently operating this hotline. Uh, will they actually do the investigation? I think it's a combination of uh, they'll do the original intake process and then from there they will meet with our audit staff to determine whether external resources are needed and, and with some of the issues we've dealt with in the past, we have uh, we've required external resources to assist with the investigation and or they'll determine whether or not it's something that uh, our staff can handle on their own. So it's a it's a 24-7 intake process. We have a speak-up campaign, I think, as was mentioned. I, I think it went out through a news media release uh, not too long ago, Bill. And uh, people will see that speak-up branding with the information that will lead one to the city's website, as well as the tw- uh, 24-7 uh, phone number that will assist residents in terms of um, providing that information. And I think our staff emphasized that the more information that someone can provide us, will help determine whether or not there's merit with the uh, with the complaint or the issue that's been raised and um, will help us uh, either prevent additional fraud from occurring or crack down on waste that may be occurring in, in one or more of the city departments. So this this company then, uh, this whistleblower security, is, they'll, they'll make the first uh, value judgment as to whether or not this is worthy of pursuit. Correct, yeah. And if they say, hey, I think there's something going on here, then they'll, they'll, they, they bring city staff into the procedure at that point, do they? That's right. I think it would be probably through the audit uh, office first, and then obviously operating departments will be involved, whatever operating department is in question, and our, our city auditors would work with the senior management to determine where they go from there. Uh, is this all going to be, I know that the, the people who may call in and, 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 and you know, suggest that there's some wrongdoing or something going on, they're going to remain anonymous, but is the procedure going to be anonymous too? I mean, or are we, the public, going to know that, hey, such and such is being investigated right now? 
Uh, well, I think the investigations would be confidential until they are reported back to council. And so, where there's criminality involved, or or where there may be some HR issues, I mean, those those issues are always built, um, you know, confidential. But um, but the subject matter themselves are oftentimes disclosed by us. And and so, again, without going through the list of those issues we've dealt with in the past, there will be quarterly updates to the committee that uh, talk about how many complaints were received. Um, how many were acted upon, how many became full investigations. Uh, I'm assuming we'll, we'll receive something along the lines of, you know, here's the cost uh, to external service providers, here's the amount of time that it's taking our staff to investigate these issues. And, you know, most importantly, I think for us is, you know, here are the cost savings associated with these um, um, with these investigations or... Um, there's the whole issue of just fraud prevention, the fact that someone called in and prevented fraud from uh, consistently occurring in, in one or more areas is a savings in itself. But the point I was making, for instance, if the Integrity Commissioner is doing an investigation, we, we pretty much know who's being investigated. Oftentimes we understand what's being investigated, too. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a, It's a public process, although the investigation may not be. The fact that th- that it's happening is, is usually, uh, you know, the public is informed and council certainly informed. Uh, will council be informed that it's a certain department or certain individual may be under investigation, or is that going to be done, uh, again, in confidence? I guess it depends on the subject matter. So we will receive quarterly updates, and we've yet to receive our first update because this was just launched recently. So I, I think it's an open question, Bill, in terms of how much information we'll get once these uh, investigations are underway. Um, if I compare it to the past, again, if the if it's a, a criminal investigation or if there's an HR issue, and I would assume almost all of them would involve an element of HR, we may just know the basics, and those those basics may be released to the public in, in a general form. And um, as with other incidents, uh, when they're wrapped up, we are able, we're in a better position then to disclose more information to the public. And I, and I think that's an important part of it, right? I mean, if this is to continue on a, on a permanent basis, we're going to have to prove um, in a very transparent way that there was a benefit to the program and there were savings. Are you concerned about possible abuses of this program? I, I mean, uh, I mean, you know, there yeah. could be frivolous things like, hey, you know, I just drove by and I saw two city workers leaning on their shovels. I mean, you know, that's that's the frivolous end of things. But it can also be a vindictive thing, too. And we've seen that happen with some of the complaints that have actually gone before the integrity commissioner that that are, you know, they had no basis. But the same thing, the investigation is ongoing. And, and, and there's always that concern that somebody with an axe to grind may decide, hey, you know, I'm going to plant an idea here. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility, and there's no doubt about that. And I think that the you know that information will come back to us as well in terms of you know h- how many cases had merit, and how many of those were deemed uh, you know frivolous or vexatious. And um, and I you know I could say that we're accustomed to dealing with this already. I, I think what Charles has presented um, and his office is a very streamlined process to deal with complaints that we would be accustomed to receiving already. And I think the program itself advertises the fact that this service is available to the public. So there may be people, employees, who haven't um, felt the urge or the need to come forward in the past, and and maybe with this public campaign that we have, and that would include residents and vendors as well, they may feel more inclined then to open up to the city, knowing that there's some confidentiality, knowing that there's, you know, that this is now a service that we provide uh, with a third party, um, and and they may feel more inclined to call in and, and and launch the investigation. And so I, I think it's, you know, there's certainly that downside bill. There's, it's a slippery slope in terms of offering the service. And, and I think the numbers we'll see after probably, you know, half a year or a year's time as to whether or not there's substance to 
to any or, or all of the of the investigations that have been reported. A lot of these things that have gone on in the past, though, Chad, uh, even the beginnings of some of these actually have been through the, the counselor's office. I mean, you get those phone calls uh, and your, your council colleagues on a pretty consistent basis uh, about what they consider to be perceived uh, wrongdoings or any number of things like that. Some of them confidential, some of them not so much. Uh, mm-hmm. If in that process that you've just described now, you get those phone calls in right now, and all, do you pass those on to this company? Uh, well, I think if, in terms of those that we've received in the past, we've passed them along to our auditor. And um, I, I think the company that you've referenced, the third party, is is essentially um, it, it's providing that that third party process that may. It, um, encourage or make our employees feel uh, more comfortable in terms of passing it along. For them to call another city employee, um, it, 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 it may discourage them or they, they just may not feel as comfortable as going through a process like that. So I think providing that third party um, gives that extra layer of uh, almost like a shield for someone to call in. Although we do have a whistleblower policy already, um, I, th- I think it provides that buffer and, and maybe make someone feel more comfortable in terms of providing um, the information. Um, whereas, you know, right now it's left to either call in to a supervisor, uh, call the audit uh, office uh, directly, or or another senior employee, or, or our offices as well. So, you know, it, it seems to be working in other municipalities. I, I think Mr. Brown has uh, checked in with his counterparts in, in those areas. And uh, for many of those that were, you know, that I referenced earlier before, I, I think uh, Ottawa, Winnipeg, and Toronto were a couple that come to mind. Um, you know, they've been through this process in terms of the pilot. It's yielded results for them, and they've decided to go forward with it on a, on a permanent basis. And for us, um, you know, the, the low dollar cost uh, value associated with this, again, he's down to $17,000 for the first first year, is a very small investment to make, and hopefully... You know, as I mentioned, after the first couple of updates, hopefully it's going to start yielding some results. Yeah, and I guess that's really... beyond what we, what we already Yeah, said. that's really when the discussion will occur. When you've got some hard data in front of you, you can say this is worthwhile or not. Or, uh, we'll, exactly. we'll have to hold off our conversation until then. Chad, listen, appreciate the time jumping in here and explaining this to us. Thanks so much. Thanks, Bill. Have a good one. You too. Ward 5 Counselor Chad Collins. Your thoughts on this? Uh, you can reach us on email, bkelly900chml.com, and on Twitter at chml Bill Kelly. I already got a couple of emails here from some folks uh, using that, that moniker that we talked about at the beginning of the conversation. That's nothing more than a snitch line. But it may, if it's uh, as effective as, as uh, Councillor Collins mentioned in some of these other cities, uh, you know, root out some of the, the maybe, not necessarily fraudulent activity, but just ways that uh, the city can save money. I mean, we're in a financial crisis here, as just about every other city is these days, I suppose. And I guess they're kind of, it's, this is akin to maybe looking for nickels and dimes in the seat cushions, but uh, they've got to find some ways, and uh, we'll see. Time will tell, I guess. I'm a little skeptical, but, you know, I, I'm, I'll wait for the data. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.